Welcome to Hollywood Highlights. Oh, fuck. Got the rest of it. <laughs> Wait, I got this. <laughs> Welcome to Hollywood Highlights, where we watch everything so you don't have to, and we, and we hope you have a laugh, too, with Benny and Avery. Woo! No woo. <laughs> no woo. No woo woo for that opening. We get one woo. Well, hello, there. folks. Welcome. Welcome back. This is the, what is this, 17th episode? Yeah, I know. Feels like it. <laughs> this is the sixth. Six. How do you not know? I don't know. Uh, okay, you lost track at six. I did. It took me at least thirty to lose track how many episodes I had. Yeah, well, I because uh... you know I got about eighty episodes under my belt. I'm not going to lie, you know, kind of Ooh. like the veteran here. It's a nice pedestal you got yourself on over uh, there. Isn't it lovely? <laughs> the nice breeze and... from up here. Nice and Ask me if it's going to rain. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Where the forecast and fire. I'll spit down. It's raining. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Wilt Chamberlain. You know Wilt Chamberlain? No. All right, well, okay, so Wilt Chamberlain in the 60s was an NBA player. He was like the first seven-footer to play. And he was super tall. And then in the 60s, people weren't that tall. Now, like seven feet. It's like average height now. But back then, so he was on the elevator. He wasn't a nice guy. Mm. He was on the elevator. And why don't I say he wasn't? He wasn't nice to a lot of people. He was on the elevator with a, a smaller dude, white dude, I think. And the guy asked him, how's the weather up there? Being a prick. And Wilt spit on him and said, it's raining. <laughs> Yeah, it's a true story. Wow. He must have got there all the time, though. So he must have been like, come on, that's not even funny at this point. True. It's like the cliche joke that I still use, and I hate that I use it, but it's no better joke. You you, you say that to people that are tall? In my mind, not really. Oh, you already say everybody's better in their mind. I'm not that that disrespectful. Neither am I. I wouldn't say that to somebody, because I'd be afraid they'd choke me out. (laughs) Yeah, right. Because, like, I'm only 5'9", my wingspan's only so long, I can't even get to you before you can get to me. Yeah, right. They could just pay you back by, like, doing the armrest on your head. That's it. Yeah. Actually, Wilt Chamberlain did a, a skit with Sammy Davis Jr. where they were both boxers. And Sammy Davis was slacking his glove, and he's like, oh, I'm going to kill this dude. He turned around and saw Wilt Chamberlain, and he would just put his head up against his belly button. He was like, the fuck ain't I moving? <laughs> he looked up, he was like, I'll see you later, Jack. <laughs> Walked out the ring. <laughs> so, well, welcome back to another episode. Um, what are we talking about this episode? Oh, we yeah. Are, are you, I thought you were asking. I was asking both of us. See who remembers first, and I remember first. Ha! You didn't remember it first, because I, I already knew. I never forgot. <laughs> well, I remembered first. How did you forget? Because <laughs> no one else to fight. Before we go on the air, <laughs> we have a whole conversation about how we're going to do the show, and we have like a like, like I guess like a staff meeting with just the two of us, <laughs> yeah. and we break down the show. Mm-hmm. That's five minutes before we press record. <laughs> how the hell did you forget already? It's so hot in here. I'm, I'm like. Sweating. I had to air on. Hey, yeah, I did the best I could. All right, Mother Nature <laughs> is saying, "Burn, baby, burn." That ain't my fault. <laughs> Don't blame me. <laughs> I love Harpo, but I'll kill him dead before I let him beat me. It's the color purple. You gotta watch that. Gotta watch They're making a musical. You know they made the musical on Broadway, and now they made it into a movie. Really? Yeah, they made it into a movie. Coming out Christmas. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. It's gonna be good. Yeah. Okay. I'll it's be so. one of them Academy movies. Speaking of that, the fucking Willy Wonka trailer for Christmas does not look good. You don't like what's his face? I don't, I don't like Timothy. You don't like Timothy Chalamet? Like no, I don't. He's same same critique I had about. What's your name, Ingrid? No, that was her character name. Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza. Same, same critique. I know, I know that they can act, but I don't, know, I don't know if they can act. Like I, I watched I it. Think, I watched the trailer. He cannot move his face muscles. I at think all. a lot of people get buzz mm-hmm. when they they haven't deserved it yet, or people are over buzzing them. Like when he did um, the Shade of Blue or whatever that shit that movie was. Where he played the gay dude and him, him and um, Will Arnett. That. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen it either, but I was watching the trailer and I think in like the buzz from that movie, it's like, oh, these are great actors. Da, 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 da. I think people go like, you hype them up too much and people start to get like, 
how is he a great actor? Right. And they, it's hard to, for them to, to suspend their disbelief when you watch somebody like Timothy Chalamet, who's coming in mm-hmm. with like a buttload of praise, but ain't got no Academy nomination, ain't got no Academy Award, ain't ever been in a huge blockbuster yet. And we're like, as the fan base, we're like, y'all are pushing this dude, but he ain't really proved himself yet. Yeah. So why is he the greatest? I feel the same way. You're going to laugh. But about Meryl Streep? I've seen yeah. a lot of Meryl Streep movies. I haven't seen Doubt or anything like that, but I've seen like... um. Uh, what is it? Uh, Kramer versus Kramer. She, well, she Mama a, Mia. She, she won an like Academy five, Award for that movie. Really? She they gave her like best supporting minutes. actress. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. They gave her best supporting actress for that. Wow. Yeah. So that's why I watched it because I was watching all the big Academy performances and I watched that one. And I'm I'm watching her in these movies and I'm like, they call her the greatest actress to ever you gotta grace watch an American stage. And I'm like, oh, she ain't better than Viola Davis. So you got to watch her in Doubt because that was the first movie I, I saw with her. Viola Davis is also in that movie. Yeah, she's great in that too. It's a phenomenal movie. Yeah, I haven't. Like I said, I haven't seen like an emotional Meryl Streep movie. I seen that. And she wasn't in the Help. That was that. She wasn't in. That was Viola Davis. Mm. But yeah, like so, I've seen more Viola Davis. Like I've seen Fences. I've seen stuff like that. So it's like I respect that more. People are just claiming Meryl Streep is great. I'm like, I haven't seen her in shit. Come back when you see Doubt, and we'll we'll we'll, we'll re- rehash that. I doubt <laughs> if oh. I will see Doubt. Oh, before I stop doubting. Ah! <laughs> Look at that. That's a terrible joke. <laughs> Sometimes jokes are supposed to be corny. I just wanted to make sure you know. I, I already knew when I said it. I already knew. I, I, I enjoyed that you really pity laughed and you were like, yeah, to make it funny. And then you did that. Yeah. Because me pointing out that it's a bad joke was the funny part. You're welcome. Yeah, how's it feel not to have a partner to play off your stuff? How does it feel? How does it feel to be left alone? I can laugh at myself. abandoned. I enjoy it. All right. Cool. Let's move on. No to... else laughs that by themselves. Who's that? The criminally insane. Oof. Well, we're not far off. We're in the same vein. Criminally <laughs> insane. I'm very far off. I don't break no law. I haven't broken a law since last week. As far as we know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I had a few drinks. I was driving in my car. Got pulled over. Guy said, "Walk that white line." I said, "Walk on that white line." See, put a net under it. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, spaced out. Oh, that was such a good joke. You missed it. <laughs> I missed oh, it. Oh, no. So uh, I was driving drunk, and the cop pulled me over, and he said, walk the white line. So I ain't walking that white line until you put a net under it. I don't get it. Because I'm going to fall off the line, so you got to put a net on oh, it. No. That's a Dean Martin joke. That's not an Avery Goen joke. That's a classic <laughs> joke, and he just didn't get it twice. It's just a bad joke. Steal Dean, you think Dean Martin had a bad joke? The oh. crowd went crazy when they heard it. Is. You don't know who Dean Martin is? <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> It's like, usually I fake when, you, like, you don't know people, because I expect not to know them, but you don't know fucking Dean Martin. You're nobody till somebody loves you. His name sounds familiar, but, no. Hey, Mambo. Mambo Italiano. Hey, Mambo. That's Dean Martin. Oh. <laughs> Baby, it's cold outside. I really can't stay. Baby, it's cold. He did the original song. Like, the, from the 20s? No, no, no. He was, he was the 30s, 40s, and 50s. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, uh, he might have been a little young for 30. Him and Jerry Lewis came up together. They actually had a comedic act. Oh. And they came up together, and then they hated each other the rest of their careers. Oh. Which, I don't know if that's symbi- symbolic to me and you. <laughs> I'm trying to figure that out. <laughs> but, yeah, it took, it took Frank Sinatra, like, 40 years to get them back together again. Wow. Yeah, they hate each other that much. Jeez. Kind of like those those uh, Disney guys. The Sherman Brothers. Yeah. I was a terrible, uh, prelude into that. Yeah. Yeah. You spend so much time around the same people, and then you spend time having success, which puts more pressure. All right now, we only got 15 views. We ain't got no pressure. But <laughs> yeah. when you uh, writing songs for Walt Disney, and that studio was popping. It's going around the country. He's like, all right, you're going, um, you got to do the Jungle Book next. 
Well, we just fucking did Mary Poppins. <laughs> no, I'm not doing this for this nigga. This nigga be pissing me off. <laughs> and your brothers, you grew up together? Yeah, so there's even all that backstory. There's all that too. backstory. Yeah, that was crazy. Speaking of backstory, what's, is there any backstory in, in Mission Impossible? There is a lot of backstory in Mission Impossible. So let's talk about Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Hashtag great name, by the way. Reckoning Dead Reckoning. Part oh, yeah. It's a great name. That's a pretty good name. That's a good name. Yeah. All right. Directed by Christopher McQuarrie, who did the last two. Budget of 291 mil. Should I go through the cast? I'm going to go through the cast. Let's <laughs> go do for this. It. Right, we got Tommy. Okay. <laughs> Haley Atwell, who we all know. Mm-hmm. As... I don't know who that is. <sighs> she plays Peggy Carter in the MCU. I don't know who that is. We have Rebecca Ferguson, <laughs> who plays Ilsa Faust. We were just talking about backstory. That Rebecca Ferguson was in some of the earlier movies and comes back. She was like a love interest of Tom Cruise. Mm. Everyone thought died, and then she came back at the end of the last one. And it was like, <gasps> you know. Hmm. And then you have Vanessa Kirby, who I love Vanessa, because she does not get enough credit for. She did that movie where she had birth, she gave birth in the tub with her and um, Shia LaBeouf on Netflix a couple years ago. Forget the name of the movie, but that was a good movie. She got no Academy Award nomination for that. Uh, she was also in uh, Hobbs and Shaw. She was uh, the woman that got the disease in her, the virus in her blood, and they had to like save her. Like you know, she she does a phenomenal job. Palm, I'm gonna mess up her last name. Clementoff, who plays um, Mantis in the Guardians of the Galaxy. Issei Morix, who plays the original villain from like number one or number two, and he comes back in this one. Mm-hmm. Okay, he plays Gabriel. Simon Pegg, who we all know Simon Pegg. Ving Rain. Simon, Simon Pegg does um, a lot of the movie. He directs a lot of movies like um, that. Um, the, shoot, what was the movie with the bar? At the, the, the last, uh, the, the, the World's End. The world's end, it was like a science fiction comedy where him and his buddies went to like different bar hopping and then end up finding like an alien in one of the bars and try to take over the world. And he did a bunch of movies like that, like around with the same characters. He did a bunch of movies like that. He had a nice little run in the 2010s. Yeah, oh, where he wrote and directed a bunch of comedies. Simon Pegg's pretty big. I'll look into him. Yeah, and it, it boxed off at $273 million. So technically, this movie did not do well. Wait, there are too many names. What was the budget? The budget was 291 Oh, okay. And then this is box office is 273 In how, how many weeks? This is his second week. Oh, so it's, it's got time. It's done. It's got no, the two of the biggest movies are out. It's got no time. True. <laughs> you do have a bit of a lull coming now because you got the Haunted Mansion next week. Because I don't know if Haunted Mansion is going to do well. Mm. I'm going to go see it. Yeah. But I don't know if anybody else is going to go see it. It's getting hyped up pretty good. Yeah, that's because Disney has a great marketing machine. But it's another reboot. Well, it's actually a remake reboot because they made this original movie with Eddie Murphy you remember that the original Eddie Murphy movie it. in 2000 and something but you remember it you know you know of it it I was in your it. it was in your sphere yeah all right cool it was a great movie no I wouldn't say great it's a good movie mm-hmm. uh especially as a kid you're like oh that's hilarious mm-hmm. you know one of Eddie's last big movies where he like retired for like 10 years uh, um yeah he got tired of it he didn't like it acting anymore yeah he got bored he's a comedian not like an actor right yeah but he was also one of the biggest stars in the world and he's doing the haunted mansion right I loved Mission Impossible with their reckoning. Oh, yeah? I loved it. So it's about AI. Oh. The movie is the enemy. They create this AI, artificial intelligence, if you don't know what AI means. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, some people think it's Alan Iverson. I was, talking to, I was talking to a guy the other day. Alan Iverson? Yeah, Alan Iverson. What the hell is that? You don't know who Alan Iverson is? No. The basketball player from who played from, for the Philadelphia 76ers who, want, who got into the championship I don't watch basketball. in 2001. You don't have to watch basketball. <laughs> He's just like a cultural guy. You just know his name. Like Kobe Bryant. You don't have to watch basketball No, Kobe Bryant. If you say who's Kobe no. Bryant, I must reach over here and punch the shit out of you. I know who Kobe is. Okay. But like, I, I don't know who, what's his face? 
Um, like, for the longest time, I thought Tom Brady was an actor, because I got him confused with someone else named... I, don't, I got him confused with Brad Pitt, that's why. <laughs> stop laughing. No, stop it. Cut it out. There's nothing funny about that. You need to cut it out right now. We're going to have a serious talk. I'm sorry. I'm trying to do a film review show, but I... That's not okay. Do you understand that? You understand why that's not okay. Are you living under a rock? <laughs> why? What are you, Patrick fucking Star? Get out from under the rock. It's nice and and be a part of the culture that you're living in. This is coming from a guy who knows who the fuck Dean Martin is. I'm over here singing Elvis and fucking listening to Richard Pryor album. And I'm telling you to get a part of, you know Richard Pryor is, right? Yeah. Okay. That's the thing, because I know the oldies, but I don't know the newies. Don't say newies. <laughs> don't try to pass it off like it's a word. Don't try to sound cool. <laughs> Alan Iverson was 20 plus years ago. He's old. Right. Tom I'm... Brady started and was drafted in like 19 something. Right. I don't know, 76. Wow. He's still playing? Oh. The fact <laughs> that you believe that. The <laughs> fact that you believe that. So the movie stars Tom Cruise, Haley Atwell, Rebecca Ferguson, Vanessa Kirby, Palm Kenselmith. The whole thing is about AI, and they create the United States government. Actually, they don't really tell you who creates it, but, like, the Russians have it mm-hmm. in the beginning, and they're trying to test, like, this this uh, stealth sub. So they've been going up against American fleets, and they haven't been seeing them. They've been flying under the radar, and then somehow this AI gets in. And, of course, the AI already has, like, super intelligence, and is trying to take over everything. So the AI gets in and makes them fake the fact that there's a sub. Uh, so they fire their rockets at the sub, and the rocket obviously is a heat seeker, so it, the sub disappears, and it turns the rocket back around and blasts it. Mm. When it does that, there's the keys that can control the AI, and they're down there with the sub, right? So at some point, Rebecca Ferguson gets hired by, you know, um, the company that Ethan works for. It's, um, man, I'm forgetting the name of the, of the organization. But he works for this super top-secret organization, and they hire her to go get the key. She obviously goes AWOL. So they put a bounty on her head, to go get the key back. Some point they reach out to Tom and like, hey, you gotta go find her because she knows you. You guys had like a love love relationship and go get that key back. So he finds her. It's a big shootout, wonderful in like the middle of the desert. Tom likes the desert. This is the second movie he's had a the, the mummy he did the, the desert action scene. He likes wearing those those things over that scars over his face so he can pull down and he's in a hero shot of you tell it's Tom. You know, he likes doing that. He did the same thing in the mummy. Right. Okay, you ain't slick. <laughs> Trying to look cool. We see you, Tom. We see you. I see you, boo-boo. You do you. <laughs> but, you yeah, so the whole movie, I mean, it really escalates because he gets one key, but they're trying to get the other key. But no one knows where it is, so they, they like, orchestrate, like, this back market deal, they being Simon Pegg and Bing Reigns, his team. And really, Tom, like, has to, like, infiltrate the government to get the information to get the key. So he has to like this. He has to like sneak in to like this huge meeting with like the. I think it was like the Secretary of Defense. Turned into like some kind of heist movie. It was like it's, yeah, it's like a big heist movie, and he like knocks everybody out and like interrogates his former his boss, who's now his former boss, because he's interrogating him. He's right. like, I quit clearly, <laughs> <laughs> and, and so he goes after this kid because Tom don't want nobody to have the key. Because Tom's like, we got. I need both keys so that I can destroy this artificial intelligence. Because if anybody else gets this key, which this will be the theme of the day, if anybody else gets control of this power, they're going to use it to take over the world. Right. So I'm going to destroy the artificial intelligence. Okay? Miss Haley Atwell gets in his way because she gets hired to go get the key. She's like this. She's, do you know the movie Uncharted? Yeah, we saw you that. You know Nathan yeah. Drake? Is that 
who um so you all in place? Yeah, yeah okay so yeah of course you don't need nathan drake Nathan she's Drake. like the female Nathan Drake. Okay. Yeah, so she's like, she'll bump into you and take the key. Mm. That's how good she is. So she does that. It's like this huge sequence, and they're, they're getting chased by like the CIA's after them. A great airport sequence. And then all of a sudden, there's like a nuclear bomb in the cargo. And I'm telling you all this because it's all going to be important because this AI is slick. So there's a nuclear bomb in the cargo that they find. So the, Simon Pegg's trying to disarm the nuclear bomb, and it turns out there's nothing ever fucking in it. And it's just the AI the entire time is messing with everybody. So like Tom Cruise's glasses have like, like sensors in it, so he can like see like like infrared and stuff like that. And the AI gets into his glasses and starts messing with him, and it starts messing with the security cameras. And it turns out the whole time, and we all know I'm gonna spoil the whole movie because I'm reviewing it. <laughs> right. That like it's been the AI is orchestrating all of this to find the key. Right, so you never meet the AI. It's not like iRobot. Remember iRobot? Mm-hmm. It's not like Vicky who's like talking to everybody the whole movie. Right. Bitch. <laughs> Not like her. It's the silent thing, and it's using um, Gabriel, who is the guy who killed Tom Cruise's first love interest in one of the original movies, in oh. front of him. It's using him to draw Tom out and throw him off his game. So, like, so like, Ving Rings has to explain to him, like, anything that we do, the AI is already calculated. So we have to do something that the AI wouldn't calculate. Remember that episode of Rick and Morty where they were doing the AI? Remember that? It was uh, one crew over the cuckoo's nest where they were fighting artificial intelligence, and they were like, and Rick was like, everybody do the exact opposite of what you would do, and they they were like, well, what do you want us to do? Like, I don't know, I'm playing Minecraft, and like they're in the, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> and because everything we will do has been calculated. So if we do what we will do, when we won't do it, and how we will do it, when we should do it, then we'll get to where we need to go. Right. And that's so eventually he like finds artificial intelligence, Rick, like scoots in on his butt. <laughs> and finds it. So that's basically what Ethan has to start doing, right? Mm-hmm. Which is why he ends up flying them. We've seen the stunt where he gets the motorcycle and flies off the top of the mountain. I didn't see the trailer. You didn't see the trip? No. Okay. Never played in any of the movies I was seeing. Like in- you were in the same theater as me. Did it play in one of those? Like from the yes. previous? Oh. Yes, it did. I remember. <laughs> because I remember it was a really long trail. I looked at you and said, they ruined the whole movie. And you said, you did that exact same laugh. <laughs> I was so spaced out during it, thanks. I don't remember. <laughs> so, so, I mean, is it talking about today and, and like, where we could be going? Yes. But is it really talking about it? No. Mm. It's, it's a fun movie, entertaining as hell, but it has emotional character development in the movie, and it has emotional... Everything's at stake. Because, like, Tom... I mean, obviously, it's, oh, he's old school. So you got some of the most beautiful women in this movie. Vanessa Kirby, Haley Atwell, Rebecca Ferguson, and they're all going to die. <laughs> and AI tells him that you've got to choose one to save. And I'm like, no, Tommy. No. <laughs> and But it's great. It's a great movie. And I can't wait for part two um, in about five years. Part four. Oh, part two because it's Dead Reckoning part one. Right. Yeah. I was going to say part four because isn't it the third in the series? No. Oh. This is the, the seventh. Seventh? So that would be the eighth. My, my God. I know. What a series. Yeah. Damn. Well, clap it up with that. for Paramount. <laughs> They're raking it in. I mean, listen, there was a couple movies like Rogue Nation and nobody. That wasn't really that good. It, it, it went through it. Mm-hmm. The first couple movies, I was like three, so I don't remember how good they were. But, yeah, when I started watching like Rogue Nation and things like that, I was kind of like, this is decent. But then when they did the one right before this, last couple years ago, I remember being in that theater packed, and I was like... Why are we packed for Mission Impossible? I was just confused. I just thought it was something that they just kept making. I didn't think it was going to be good. Mm. I'm watching the movie like, holy shit. <laughs> like, this is ridiculous. And this one's the same way. Wow. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to go through some growing pains as a film franchise. True. Seinfeld didn't start actually making money until season three. It's true. You got to go through the growing pains. 
Seinfeld. Seinfeld. You know the joke about Seinfeld? Which one? <laughs> the one ain't no black folks in it. Oh, that's yeah, that's that true. one. It's funny because it takes place in New York too, one of the most diverse cities. I never noticed that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mr. Jerry. <laughs> Who was the other guy? Larry. Jerry and Larry. <laughs> oh yeah, Larry David. Yeah. Yeah. Who I like Curb. Curb is great. I have I haven't sat down and watched it, watched oh, it, watched it, but it. like I'll skim through a couple of episodes and stuff like that. It's on HBO Max and whatever. And it's hilarious. It is. It's absolutely funny. The problem is you can't rewatch it though. So enjoy the first watch. You don't find it a rewatch show. No, because no? the formula is just so obvious at that point. <laughs> it, it doesn't leave room for like like BoJack. You can watch over and over and over, but right. But Larry. Uh, Curb, you can't watch it twice. I can't. Maybe other people can, but... Mm. No, it's a show I, I haven't gone back to. Like, I went, like, a little binge. I got through, like, most of season one. It's a lot of episodes. Yeah. It's a lot of episodes. And uh, I remember the episode where he left the umbrella at the restaurant and they wouldn't give it back to him. It's early season one. You might not remember that episode. Vaguely. Vague, yeah, yeah. That, that shit was funny. And then the one episode when he was trying to get, like, a ring for his girlfriend or whatever, and the dude was trying to get the same ring, and they went to the same jewelry store, and Dirty David just tackled his ass. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shit was hilarious. That's great. He just like yeah, I did not expect him to just he football tackled that man. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely hilarious. It's a great show. Larry That's when knows. I was like, this is hilarious. Yeah, Larry knows how to write. He does. No, and Seinfeld obviously is a very successful show. Yeah. and Curb has had like what thirteen seasons. It's a very successful like show. That. Yeah. So no, he does know how to write comedy. Yeah. Um, speaking of comedy, Bar- Barbie was pretty funny. Was not Barbie like pretty funny? I, I chuckled. Yeah. I chuckled. I didn't think it was super, super funny, like laugh out loud no, funny. Yeah. That's why it's pretty, not... But not yeah, true. it had its moments where it made you chuckle. It made you think more than chuckle. True. You know when what I'm saying? When I was looking it up on Google, it's like, you know how they give it three three kind of adjectives, or I don't know if that's the right word. Yeah, adjectives. Three, yeah, three adjectives um, to describe what the movie is. They said uh, something like quirky, existential, and fun. Yeah, like that's perfect. Is right. That's perfect. Isn't that perfect? They even say existential in the movie. Yeah. She's going through an existential crisis. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes, she is. <laughs> yes, she is. After like 50, 60 years of Barbie, it's a good good time for it. Oh, my. I mean... Mid- midlife crisis. That's Barbie's midlife crisis. And, and it's so funny because I remember when Barbies were in style when I was growing up. And then they had Bratz. It was like the black Barbie. Mm-hmm. And then it started turning. And like I got to middle school and then, then high school people were like, yo, Barbie is a bad image. And, you know. This, that, and the other started getting a bad image. And and that's a shame because they, even in this movie talks about it. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, well, I was supposed to inspire people, you know. And it's like when I was talking to you about Facebook the one time and the, 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 the social dilemma. And they were like, we created a like button to be something that people thought we thought would be cool. We didn't think it would be linked to people's self-esteem. Like, I don't think they thought that Barbie would be linked to people's image of themselves. Yeah. And so they're just making a toy. Yeah, they were just making something that they thought was fun for kids, you mm-hmm. know, and girls to play with. They didn't know the result, the mental result of it. And once yeah. you put it out there, you can't just pop that thing back into the wardrobe. You can't you recall know? millions of toys. Yeah. So it's, it's so interesting how it took on a life of its own. But this movie does a great job mm-hmm. of addressing that. It does. It really does. Yeah. In terms of how the, how the movie is, too, we both we kind of talked about this um, on, a, on the way back. We both feel like we can't really critique it that much because they kind of point out that whatever men say about women and it's like a, it's all everything is a catch-22 which i get I, I don't get it but i get it you know what i mean um so we kind of feel that we can't really critique it too much although i do have a lot of critiques about ken's story which i do not feel bad about because that's ken so let's get into it <laughs> before you start before you go down this rabbit hole yeah. i don't think we should be going down <laughs> directed by the wonderful 
but beautiful. Mm-hmm. I will say it. She's a good looking woman. <laughs> but even better than that, she can write her ass off. Greta Gerwig. Also wrote this with her husband, Noah yeah. Baumbach. You better watch your door, or it's gonna come come busting down. After I wish that, that motherfucker would. <laughs> I wish that motherfucker. I look at a picture of him, like uh, I'll take him. <laughs> There's a lot of people in Hollywood that be like, I ain't messing with that dude. <laughs> but no, I mean, they would get that. That would be an entertaining fight. That would be. You put money on it. It, kinda, it would probably be like the fight between Kenny and Kenny in the movie. I ain't breaking out in no dancing. <laughs> well, you're not you're not gonna break out in dancing and look like a North. No, I'm gonna hit fight. that nigga with a brick. <laughs> <laughs> find the nearest brick and smack the shit out of him. <laughs> I ain't dance battling nobody. <laughs> All right, before Ben gets into a budget of $145 million. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of money. Yeah. For a movie about a toy. Right. Who made this with, movie? With Warner. Big, big Warner actors. Brothers. With big actors, too. Big, everybody got a payday. I'm talking Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling, Will Ferrell, Emma Mackey, who was that French actress I was telling you about that I really like. Mm. Uh, Michael Sarah. Where have you been? <laughs> right, <laughs> Mr. Scott Pilgrim versus the world. <laughs> Haven't seen you since 2006. I think he did that on purpose. I remember seeing somewhere in the news or like some article saying after because he did two really big blockbusters row after after mm. together. Um, what was it? Scott Super, Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim and Super Bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So after that, he was like because he was nobody before that. So kind of the same thing we talked about with. Um, we were just going over about Timothy. Like he got big super early, mm. and he didn't. He was honest. He didn't know how to handle that fame, so he took a break, and now he's back. That's good. Yeah. But you see, he's back in a non-starring role. Yeah. That's the price you take, right? When you want that. But I mean, peace of mind is more important than money yeah. and fame and starring and things like that. But when you're high, you got to take advantage of it. But it's tough. Like I, I that but then, it had to be tough. But he was you, young too. Yeah. That's the thing. If you take advantage of it, then your mental health will just spiral even worse. You'll become like what's his face from Flash. Or other, I don't know if people are going to be that bad. Or Shia LaBeouf. Someone, that's a better example. All right, let's that's say that. Example. That's a better example. Let's, yeah. yeah, but Shia LaBeouf also has an excuse back in crazy. You know, Shia LaBeouf's dad was like crazy. Yeah, Honey Boy was great. i never seen it. <gasps> I, don't harm me. I will all the movies you, all you have not seen. You're going to sit there and say, Mr. I don't know. I don't ever seen the Tom Brady. You're going to sit here and harm me. How dare you? How dare you? Honey Boy. <laughs> movie that came out in 2018 and no one's talked about it since. Great movie though. I'm no, I heard good things when it came out yeah. for the first five months, and nobody talked about it after that. They should though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of things people should do. It's one of my favorite movies. That explains a lot. <laughs> no, honestly, everybody listening, all fifteen of us are going, "Yup." <laughs> that explains a lot. <laughs> well, how can you say that explains a lot if you've never seen it? No, I'm just it's a small movie. Like I heard about it, oh. I knew it, but it just explains. Oh, that just a lot. explains my personality. Yes. Okay, I see what you mean. Yeah. Okay. What you thought I meant? <laughs> yeah, all fifteen of us knew what I meant. <laughs> Did they? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I know all fifteen people. <laughs> <laughs> They're all you from your phone. Different phones you have. You know what, Ben? Every time you see the numbers, subtract one. <laughs> one of my muggers is me. Um. So Barbie, which Ken's story could have been it could have been stronger in the moral of the story sense um they hinted at him being like friend zoned a little bit i don't know if you got that feeling like at the end when he was like hugging the pole and he kept trying to go for barbie barbie was like no and he kept like going oh woe is me kind of kind of thing i don't think they hinted at it. that was the whole point of his story that he was friend zoned and she said she didn't love him and even though the weird barbie said you don't love him and she was like yeah yeah exactly that was great although they didn't i don't think they really gave a good moral for his character in terms of how to end that kind of cycle because that's a thing that men are, men are still going to face of, oh, I like this girl, this girl doesn't like me. And then they're, they're going to find other ways to show off toxic masculinity because they don't know a proper way to let it out. Well, and, she told him to go find out who he is. 
Yeah, but I, I think they could. You didn't think that very, was strong enough? No, they could have made it stronger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Cool. Because I think, listen, if the song "I'm Ken" didn't win you over, then there's nothing I can say. Yeah. You know that was great. So I mean, that song lasted for five minutes. Is Remember that, the, that song that when it was like where, "I'm Ken." Is that the one where they're going Ken versus Ken in the, in the dance? Yeah, but then at the end they're like, "I'm Ken, I'm Ken." Everybody started singing, "I'm oh, Ken." I'm Ken. Ken is me. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It, it didn't really stick with me. No. No. Not a Broadway guy. No, no Chicago in you. No. No. I do love me some. No Stephen Sondheim. No. 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 I was more. I was more of a theater, theater, not a musical guy, back when really? I was in Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't see a lot of theater, theater plays. I do love me a good musical though. Mm. That's the a good difference. Lights in the pageantry. Yeah. Well, not for me. No. I don't like spectacle. I prefer character, dialogue, boring shit. <laughs> yeah, I love me some boring shit. <laughs> that explains a lot. <laughs> Honey boy, that explains a lot. <laughs> uh, but continue. Um, I didn't really... So another thing that kind of took me out of the movie is Ken's love for horses. Isn't Aren't horses stereotypically for women? No. No? No, no. Cowboys and... Well, um, cowboy, yes, but like the, horses, like girls love horses. That stereotype is so. No, horses are always supposed to be a guy's toy, in my circle. Like really? I play with the horses. Yeah, horses, the cowboys, and the Indians, and the horses. And horses are well, guys. There's a, ponies. There's a difference. Ponies are for girls, but horses are supposed to be for dudes. Real men ride horses. <laughs> not that I've heard. The Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys, I guess. Horses, but not can't horses. have a cowboy without the cow. <laughs> <laughs> right. If we're gonna call them horse boys, but that Wait, didn't play over so well. But there's horses, and then then there's cowboys with horses. It, it's a different different thing. Nah, I ain't never seen no cowboy without no horse. <laughs> but horse, but not every horse has a cowboy. What is this? The square and the rectangle. <laughs> yeah. Yes, the square can fit in the rectangle, so, but the rectangle cannot fit. In no, the it's it's not. That's not even the thing. The thing <laughs> is all. Re- <sighs> All squares are rectangles, but not all rectangles are squares. Not fit, you're not fitting shit in anything. <laughs> Maybe you should. You stop it right now. You knock it off. Forcefully fitting things and other things. You knock it off right now. Okay. I'm not having that type of talk on this show. I won't be a part of it. <laughs> Continue. Okay. Um, let me see here. My another big critique I had was where is the line between the cartoony demeanor of characters and the real world in the real world? Because Will Ferrell, which we talked about as well, is not needed in the story. It took up a lot of time. It's I get it because he's supposed to be the fake antagonist, and then we switch it to Ken later on. Mm-hmm. But it's just so long, and we don't need him for that long. I like his monologue at the end where he learns a lesson too. Mm-hmm. But then the, the scenes, like the joke where they made when they're like running, um, like video game characters in the hallway. In the corridors of like the cubicle place, I so, didn't get that. Either. So stupid. They're just trying I to make a joke. Yeah, it. they were trying to make it. But I mean, and we also talked about this. Like the movie has to be kind of like that because it is Barbie. But then, and they leaned into it. They did. But I understand your point of in Barbie Land that makes sense. When we go to the real world, it should have been more of a contrast in terms of how everybody acted. Yeah. But everyone still kind of felt like characters in Barbie Land. Even like the little girls at the gym, and you had the girl that warned them. And she was kind of like the girl who was just jumping rope in Nightmare on Elm Street. She was like, don't go down there. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I was kind of like, not talking to you. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah, no, I definitely agree when they were doing the whole chasing Mattel. And what was it about putting her in a box? They never explained that. 
I mean, that's just how they're sold, so I assume they're trying to trap her. That's my guess. And guess. sell her? Or, tri- no, they wanted to bring her back to Barbie Land without her messing up more. Oh, okay. But see, uh, that's what, kind of what I was getting at, but I was kind of like, uh, why did she got to go on? It would have been super dark for a Greta Gerwig movie. movie. They're trying to, like, sell her. Yeah, put her in back in the box. Because they, they were, like, tying her. That's when she got out of the thing. It right. was, like, they were, like, close. She with the close-ups on the... And she did the big audio boost on the, on the sound. I don't know. She was trying to make a point. <laughs> yeah. You know? Barbie starts talking about the sex slave industry. <laughs> There's a movie out right now about the child uh, slave industry that's actually getting big waves. Really? Yeah, it's based on a true story about this guy who, I think he's CIA, but he, he actually goes, he rescues the boy, but his sister is still in there, and he has to go back for the sister. Wow. I have not seen it. It was a small movie that's gaining, gaining, gaining. What's it called? Something Freedom. Wow. Something freedom, but yeah, I can't remember the name of it, like Cry or something like that. But yeah, no, it's something that's it's on my list, but it just came out the wrong time. Mm. It just came out the wrong time. No, but it, yeah, it's getting buzzed. It's wow. funny that you say that. Interesting. Well, it's good to get a story like that, get some... some uh... Yeah, because I wouldn't believe... I mean, yeah, I mean, selling women, that's one thing. <laughs> but like, I, okay, that I can kind of see people would do, but children? Right. It's a dark it's world out there. sick. Yeah. Really that is people. just sick. Mm-hmm. And twisted. Why are you smiling? Because I got a joke I can't say. <laughs> <laughs> Not even on this show or on TV viewers will I ever say that joke. But it is fucking hilarious. <laughs> Thank you for telling that. <laughs> but continue with Barbie. Um, oh, phenomenal point the movie made about building the patriarchy and Barbie as labels to describe uncomfy feelings. Uh, then stating that there are nothing more than that just they're nothing more than uncomfortable feelings that's all they are but we just gave it a name and this i think the the moral of the movie is to just feel to just be and i like it because i think that's a bit of a buddhist kind of philosophy there so points there mm-hmm. but I, I just love that because people need to do that more i think way too much and i'm sure so much of our generation does too um so i'm hoping that's a moral a lot of people can take away as well as the fact that women are very much repressed still yeah i mean that's something that you yeah you definitely need to work on <laughs> you think oh way too much yeah i mean so many people like that you know yeah i mean when i'm by myself i overthink things but when i go out and, and deal with people it's all You're heart baby Be able to just be for the most part <laughs> okay because i really don't care like i've gotten to a point now listen i'm old i got to a point now in my life where i'm just kind of like listen bro this is me mm-hmm. i know i ain't hurting nobody yeah you know what i'm saying but you know, I also gotta be careful what I say because sometimes I be too much me. <laughs> right. So I gotta watch myself. I'll say, I'll say something like that joke I didn't want to say. <laughs> yeah. I really wanted to say it. <laughs> and as soon as I hit uh, end on this, I'm telling you that joke. That's just fucking hilarious. <laughs> okay. Uh, but I just can't say it on that. But you know, so, so I mean, it's such a fine line to say that. Oh, I got it all figured out. Isn't this completely wrong? But mm-hmm. it's such a fine line. But I am noticing that I'm being more of myself without thinking. Mm. You know, that's something that took took years to get to. Because I, I mean, just like everybody else, I overthink everything. Yeah. But now I'm learning not to. It takes people like decades, maybe even until they're about to die, to really realize that lesson too. Yeah, so. I don't think you ever really figure it out. I think yeah. you go through phases. You go through phases where you think, okay, I I know how who I am, and then it shifts, you know, and you're like, well, no, I don't understand me anymore. That's and then it shifts again. That's because we're constantly changing. Every moment is a new Avery. Every moment is a new Ben. <laughs> Get a little philosophical on your ass. Every moment, I don't know if I change that much. Yeah, every moment you're a different person. Mm-mm. Yeah, you learn something new. I ain't learning shit. Don't teach me nothing. I ain't in class. <laughs> Am I paying you for my education? <laughs> Must be crazy. It's a free class. 
Get, get your notebooks. <laughs> this, uh, <yeah. laughs> He's got his notebook right there. Ready. <laughs> um, but more thoughts on the on the Ken story. That's it. That's yeah. all, my, all my all my issues with Ken's story. Um, if they cut out my whole my whole issue is that they cut out Will Ferrell, gave Ken more of a story. I think it would have been perfect. But. I think we both agree. We were talking about this that we like the twist of the switch to the antagonist. Yeah. And I like the twist that most of the movie does take place in Barbie Land. Yeah. And it does take place, and Ken is the bad guy, and he is the bad okay. guy because he's in love with Barbie, and they do hit on that. Like he's in love with her. She doesn't feel the same way, but she's also cold-blooded to him. Like, in the beginning, you know, yeah. like, oh, this is this girl's night every night, and he's trying to kiss her, and she just stands there. And it's like, yeah, I mean, and this is what I'm, I'm going to say about this. I'm not going to go too much on this movie. It As a man, it makes you feel like, it makes you laugh because you've all, we've all been through it. Yeah. But it also makes you uncomfortable because it's like, I don't want to see it. I don't want to <laughs> remember that I've been through this. <laughs> right. And it makes you confront all the bad things about masculinity. Mm. And that's what this movie really does. It makes you confront it, and I don't want to confront it, and I ain't paying for that. So, <laughs> so I shut down. <laughs> I got my walls up, and I just sat there with my popcorn. <laughs> Did not enjoy day. this movie. Um, after that, <laughs> no, as a man, you really can't. I mean, I could sit there and tell you my ma- masculine point of the women um, issues, and, and I mean, that monologue she gave about women and, and the whole thing of how you got to be a mother and it also be this and not be too much of a mother and this I can never relate to that mm-hmm. because men ain't got to be fathers. We can be dads. We can spit you out, but there's <laughs> and we can be. I'll, I'm going to get a cigarette. You know what I'm saying? We yeah. we don't have that that stigma in society. Yeah, but you kind of you also kind of touched on my point of how the Ken story wasn't strong enough because if if it was strong enough, we both of us would have come out of that movie thinking, wow. We are. We will know how to tackle the next time better. About if that when that happens, and we won't feel as bad about the previous times when we when we felt like shit for getting rejected like that. Yeah, I mean that's a good point. I hundred percent agree. I don't think that's what Greta was going for. I don't think no. Greta was going making this for men. <laughs> that's right. my point too. This movie is so. I'll critique a little bit of the story, and I'll talk about what I liked about it, and like the twist, Ken going back to Barbie Land, and the movie taking place in Barbie Land. Will Ferrell, like like you said, I don't agree. He should have been really in the movie. Mm-hmm. His character really didn't have a point to it. Yeah. I loved Alan, Michael Sarah's character. I thought he was absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Um. Obviously, Barbie, all the Barbies. Because <laughs> they're all named Barbie. Yeah. Uh, Issa Rae's character, the, the president. I like the twist of like they all got brainwashed. You know, it's a little quick. They didn't really explain it. They explained it, but didn't really explain it. Um, they how they all got brainwashed, and then they had to like beat them out of it by turning Ken against Ken by doing the thing that that has been happening that that I I've been through where yeah. she'll just lose interest, and you're like. Well, not him. You <laughs> what know. Does he have that I don't have. Yeah, yeah. so let me know though. Greta hit home. I don't like this. I don't like this. We're tearing down that wall, Avery. Get ready. I don't like this. <laughs> um no, but it's it's just one of those things where I feel like this will miss needs a woman a woman's opinion on the moral of it mm-hmm. and the theme of it. And since neither of us are women and I don't know any. It's <laughs> <laughs> kinda hoping you pull through, but I mean, we kind of tackled as much as we could with this movie. Yeah, I don't think we can go any further. Cool. That's just, that's, at this point. Still a great movie. Uh, it's got um, $70 million mm. already on a $145 million budget. So that's three days because it came out Thursday, technically. Well, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And it's nearly doubling Oppenheimer. Yes. Yeah. Which is a great segue. Right? Thank you. Let's, let's talk about Oppie. 
Be... Now this, as a man, we can talk about. <laughs> that we, can. we we can discuss. <laughs> this movie was ninety nine point nine 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 percent man. Let's get into it. Cause my God, where there's so many characters, I could not keep track. I don't know if you. It's know, tough. It's tough. It's there's a lot of names. Yeah. They're name dropping. <laughs> right. Einstein, Bugatuga, Bark, Brook. <laughs> I was like, yo, somebody give me a dictionary. Right. They should have, and then exactly, and then they should have like given some kind of like title card of each actor when they said it because when they said oh this guy's here i'm like who the fuck is that y'all just keep introducing people i feel like i'm at a party i don't want to be at but like, oh you gotta meet this guy you know the fuck i know i'm gonna be upstairs um, i'll see y'all later <laughs> that right there is my biggest complaint the movie feels like you're you're at a party with people you don't know and your friend's there but he knows everyone so he's like this is john this is Patrick, oh, come over here. And he's like pulling your arm to go meet the next person, yes. the next scene. And I'm like, well, I didn't meet this person yet. Let me let me talk to them and figure out what's going on, and then we can move to the next scene. I felt like I was just constantly getting dragged. And that's then you know that's what Christopher Nolan wanted. Did that he? was the whole point. Yeah, that's I how just, he writes. you never seen a Christopher Nolan movie before? You're <laughs> never involved in the story. You're always behind. That's the whole point. He'll even, he'll say, he says that in interviews all the time. Why? He doesn't want, well, he loves nonlinear storytelling. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't like the audience. His whole thing is how he hooks you is that you're constantly behind the characters. Like in Inception and the Prestige, you constantly don't know as much as the characters. And it's the same kind of like Hitchcock um, theory of like, if you know the bombs under the table, that's kind of his bomb under the table that you're constantly trying to keep up. He's like, if your audience has is, is figured you out, then they're going to get bored. So he constantly keeps you behind your main character. And it can be frustrating for someone like you who sits there down and watches movies that no one else watches, like Honey Boy. <laughs> but for, for us who have gone through this with Christopher Nolan, we knew what to expect. Mm, I did not. And we, Even though, we, we we enjoy it. Well, I mean, I saw Memento. I saw Inception. I saw the. Hey, Memento, you don't know what the hell going on. <laughs> you know, until he plays that movie back to you in reverse mm-hmm. in the last five minutes, when he decides, okay, I'm going to actually show you what's going on mm-hmm. backwards. Right. And he's like, oh, okay. But they, give well, you, they give you enough hints to drag along. This movie, I felt like I just threw my hands up like by the halfway point. You like, quit. I, That's a you problem. <laughs> okay. That's not, don't blame Chris because you, you gave up. <laughs> Talking about, I can't figure it out. <laughs> You better sit there for the next two and a half hours to figure this shit out. No, if he's making me sit there for three hours, he better explain it better. And but that last thirty minutes explained everything. Though. Kind of. It explained. It did not. Kind of. I didn't get. Don't that. get. Don't, come on now. Come on now. He explained when Hill, played by Remy Malek, gets up on that stand and tells you that Robert Downey Jr. orchestrated this whole thing because he embarrassed him when he did the thing about the isotopes, mm-hmm. and that's his whole thing is about embarrassing Oppenheimer to boost his reputation to get onto the cabinet and destroy Oppenheimer's reputation at the same time. And he was colluding with people who didn't like Oppenheimer because the one guy wanted to build the hydrogen bomb, mm-hmm. Oppenheimer didn't support it. Because he was like, we're not going to build a bigger bomb after we've just built the biggest. And then his the one wife, her husband had went into exile after the project and killed himself. So she was pissed off at Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. Like it was um, Groves, who was played by Matt Damon. They tricked him into basically bashing Oppenheimer in the hearing, even though he did come out of it. Like I wouldn't hire him under these circumstances. Remember that? But I wouldn't hire anybody that. Yeah, I hired. he tried to like backtrack. Yeah, him. he tried to backtrack it. Like he was. They tried their best to destroy Oppenheimer's reputation so he can get onto the cabinet. Mm-hmm. Robert Andrew can get on the cabinet, and it backfired on his ass. Yeah, but it, they revealed it in such a great way because he revealed it through the through his attorney, mm-hmm. who didn't know that he had already leaked the article in the magazine about it. He was like, "Wait, you said the same thing to me that's already in the article that's supposed to come out. How did you know?" So I knew the editor. And mm-hmm. I was when he when that scene hit, I was like, "Oh shit!" And then the Hill went up on the stand and exposed everything. I was like, "That's genius." Yeah, that was a good move. Because I was with you, I was behind the whole movie. But then when Christopher Nolan decided it's time for you to catch up. Mm-hmm. 
squirt, squirt. He caught you up, like, catch up bottle. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. Everybody else in that theater, everybody leaned forward. <laughs> everybody was like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> I saw people going, what? The f- oh, shit. <laughs> That was a great fifth act. Yeah. Took four to get there. (laughs) That was a great fifth act. Took two and a half hours to get there, but he got there. Yeah, I mean, in most movies are two and a half hours these days. That's not an irregularity. And they've always done four-hour movies. That's not like a a thing Hollywood just never does. They've done that since the beginning. True. My biggest complaint, though... (laughs) Consistently. My biggest complaint with it is it it felt like it was so rushed. Even not just, like, in terms of dialogue and stuff like that, but... Even scenes where, like, they snipped a little bit of the heads and tails of certain shots to speed it up a little bit. Oh, I never, I didn't, I would never guess that it was rushed. I didn't feel like it was rushing. Really? Yeah, I didn't feel like it was rushing Mm. or anything. I felt like you're watching the most important moments of this man's life. So, in a a way, is it kind of like a clip show? Yes. But I also felt like the scenes that they showed you were all important. You just might not know how important they are. You might have to go back in, and this is the thing with Christopher Nolan. You might have to go back in and rewatch it. Right. Because it's just something that you might have to do. I mean, people have seen Inception 17 times and still don't know how to fuck if he's in a dream or not. They still don't know if he ain't no Inception. Right, yes. the, the, When he spins the thing at the end and it starts wobbling, but don't really wobble, but it kind of wobbles. Yeah. People, Some people still don't know. Mm. I stopped trying to guess. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so that's just his thing. Mm-hmm. And so I don't feel like it was rushed to me. I felt like it was everything was purposefully put in there. What I will say that I didn't really appreciate about it was that the setup was, and I explained this to you earlier, the setup was the hearing and it was the um, testimony. Right. So the, but Robert Downey Jr.'s character doesn't meet Oppenheimer until after they had built the atomic bomb. So really, them showing you this huge sequence that took about 50 minutes of them building the bomb and dropping it and testing it really didn't have anything to do with the story of why this guy was trying to set up Oppenheimer. It was just the isotope thing. Yeah. You know, all they did was add him in the very beginning when he talks to Albert, and then yeah, that was nothing it. about Robert. Yeah, you you could cut that whole sequence of them building the bomb and still have a story. It'll be an hour and a half less, but you still have a story. But you wouldn't understand Oppenheimer as much mm-hmm. because that whole thing when they're building the atomic bomb gave you a complete dive into his complex confliction. Yeah, that you could tell he was going through the entire movie, and Cillian played it beautifully. If he doesn't get nominated, I think he'll get nominated. I think Robert will get nominated. I think Rami's gonna get nominated, and I think um, oh, who played the guy who 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 was judging him, mm-hmm. who played Ross, um, great actor that I'm forgetting his name. I have it written down. Give me a second. Um, As will Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt will get nominated. Damn, I don't have it written down. He was the star of the movie Everest in the movie. Pet Cemetery. We make a Pet Cemetery. I forget his name now, but he will get nominated. I think it'll be a lot of nominations for them. Florence Pugh, maybe. Mm-hmm. Not sure. Right. She you was know. in it for so so little time, but she did play a major role. She played a major role. Yeah. You know, and she also and the Academy takes into consideration like nude scenes and things like that. She was naked for most of the movie. <laughs> I know. It's so, so purposeless. I don't think that was purpose. I mean, what was purposeless about the women form? It's how dare you. <laughs> Sure. It was, it was un- we just watched a whole movie about that. <laughs> it was unnecessary nude scenes. They had no point to be there. They were having sex. You have sex with your clothes on? There's better ways to show that. Are you a clothes sexer? No. But I, what I'm saying Okay, is, then. What I'm saying is they don't have to show the actual sex. They don't have to show the nudity. There's so many ways to show it without making people and actresses and actors nude. Man, but you got to understand something. This is a movie made by a man for a man that are going to pay $20 an hour. <laughs> I got to get something out of this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> You laugh because you know I'm true. You know I'm talking the truth now. 
Okay. It's like a consolation prize. I got to get something. Now. I got to get something. Now. You know what I'm saying? I'm single. I need something. Get me through the day. Thank you, Mrs. Pugh. <laughs> ben, I'm going to get this canceled. <laughs> With a smile on my face. But it's true. Yeah. But I, 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 yeah, they, they didn't need to show it. They didn't show her too much. They just, you know, when they were having sex, she didn't have a shirt on. You know, it is but what it is. even the scene when they were just talking. Oh yeah, and they too. were just yeah. No maybe one, that's how it happened in real life. No that one, that kind of would I popped in my head too. That was kind of like why they naked. But maybe that was how somebody because this is based off a book. Maybe that's how the book described it, and Christopher Nolan kept it in. Maybe you know. Mm-hmm. Either that or he knew his audience. <laughs> You gotta give him credit both ways. You know what I'm saying? Is what it is. Um, but I also love it when it's tick for tack. Like she's naked, you see her chest. He's naked, you see his chest. He didn't really show her butt. He didn't really show his butt. He didn't show her vagina. He didn't show his penis. Like, I like him when it's tick for tack. I, I'm, I don't appreciate it when it's like, oh, we see all of her, but he's got shorts on. Yeah. Like if you're gonna show one, show the other. Right. I ain't looking down when you show the other, <laughs> but you got to show the other. It's just fair. Yeah. That's just fair. Yeah, it's just eye for an eye. It's yeah. just fair. You know what I'm saying? But That's such a weird scene, too, where she they're, they're having sex. She gets up, goes to the bookshelf, brings a book written in Sanskrit, and tells them to read it. I didn't get that at all. You didn't get that? That was just her personality. It was just a confliction. It was, um, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, it's, it's out there. Her personality is out there. And again, these are real people. I know Christian Nolan wrote it, but again, it's based off of a book. But we already knew she was out there from the first conversation they had. Yeah, but I didn't realize she was that crazy. Oh. And then when you get to their relationship, how she wasn't answering his calls, but then she would call him and she didn't want any flowers. You dropped the flowers. And it, like, that's her pers- it, That's her personality trait. Right. So her getting off of him, getting the book, and then getting back on him when he's reading the book, that just sets her up beautifully. Mm-hmm. So that when she's doing all this playing back and forth with his emotions, you realize, okay, she's just batshit. And so you're not questioning it. You know what I'm saying? Because if they would just have a romantic lovemaking scene and then she's dropping flowers in the trash, you wouldn't. You'd be like, wait, I thought they were in love. Now she's all over the place. Right. But you know from the get-go she's all over the place. She didn't hopped off the dude and got a book and hopped back on. <laughs> You're like, this, you should do this. Run, you silly. <laughs> Grab your horse. Go. Because I know crazy when I see crazy. Get yourself away from that crazy. Get yourself away from that crazy. <laughs> no, but he fell for her. And they, she had, they had a great plot point with her death too yeah that scene when they're sitting there naked was beautifully written Mm -hmm. because he was basically like he just had sex with her again but he knows he shouldn't and he tells her that and she's like you're just gonna leave me Mm -hmm. and he's like i have to yeah i have to you know the scene scene with um uh Celine Murphy and Emily Blunt in the uh, the hearing too when it's made in the public record and she's like that was just between us why the fuck did you say that mm-hmm. in the public record yeah I liked her character of like you need to fight back yeah and it, when she got on the stand that was great too. that was great because she was he like moved in closer to her <laughs> and he thought he had her and she went in and I was like go mama <laughs> you go right she destroyed him she did and um gross too did his thing on um Matt Damon's character he's gross he's the colonel he's Matt Damon oh yeah Matt Damon's character the guy who started it all I love the recruitment sequence I wasn't a fan of that you weren't a fan of why no it just felt very it was very it it was um, another big note I had is the movie felt too Hollywood too too perfect all the conversations were too perfect all the transitions were too perfect (laughs) like it it doesn't feel realistic didn't feel realistic it's not fucking supposed to. <laughs> but it is a real you story. You go watch Lawrence of Arabia, which is a real story. That shit is fucking pitch perfect. Well, go watch Spartacus. That's a pitch perfect movie. It's Hollywood. 
That's why they're the best at what they do because the they do it perfectly. But they do it without every no, 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 fucking shut time. Up. No, but they, <laughs> I can't <laughs> They do it perfectly. Shut up, no, shut up, shut up. And then sit there and say this movie is too perfect. It doesn't make fucking sense. Let me finish what I'm trying Anything to say. Anything you're Shut about up. to say is stupid. No, it's not. Go Shut ahead. the fuck up. Oh, why? <laughs> and my point is. Go ahead, call me some water. Here. <laughs> no, wait. My point is, before I forget again, my point is. There's a there's a balance between finding that perfect. No, there's, it's not. Yes, there is. No, if you make not. it too perfect, people will know. People will like. Well, come on, really. But the movie's about Spart- like Spartacus and Lawrence of Arabia. Arabia is it's like it's done so beautifully. You don't think sec. You don't think twice about. Well, you know what I mean. This one I did. Does that make sense? No, it does not. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> well, not. And I'm not just saying that. I really am confused. <laughs> like I don't know the point. <laughs> If you put Lawrence Arabia in 2001 and you know, The Shining and all these movies up on this big pedestal because mm-hmm. they're perfect and they're just beautifully made movies and then you get a movie that is not only trying to emulate that but reaches that point of perfection. You can't sit there and say, oh, it's overly perfect and it's too much. You're putting them in a different class even though they should all be grouped together. Have you seen those like videos on tiktok or like anywhere else no i have not wait no but like so, have you, if it's tiktok i have not seen it i mean i'm not on tiktok either but i've seen it on reddit of like videos of not like okay well there's videos out I don't like there like the name oh, reddit oh. reddit like i read it stupid you're stupid because it's spelled wrong because it's r-e-d it's re- you read it there's r-e what a-d <laughs> well i went to school it's like the kind of <laughs> i know how to spell <laughs> talk about some red with some two d's <laughs> You go let him know that. I I just did. <laughs> All fifteen of us now know. <laughs> my, my, <laughs> my point. Wait, let me get some water. You need some water. I'm worried about you. It's hot. I don't know if y'all in California or not, but it's hot. Shane, no joke. Super hot. My point being, there are videos out there that the reason they exist is there's videos out there where they make a they make there's like you know the concept of food videos and make a really nice sandwich. That, like a good recipe, like a recipe video, right? On YouTube, all that shit. Mm-hmm. But now there's a new kind of concept of overdoing it where there's like five patties, or like then they melt cheese and they make a sandwich. Then they pour, they put like a barrel, like a cylinder, empty cylinder, pour cheese into the cylinder and lift it up and the cheese just spreads all over the entire burger. You know what I mean? So that make, those, are, those are videos out there. So it how does this relate to Oppenheimer? It felt like that. It felt like you're dumping a huge chunk of cheese on a sandwich. So what is the cheese? On a perfectly to you? good sandwich. It just ruins it because No, it's but too what much. is the cheese? Like in this like movie, cheese. like what would you say the cheese is? The point that it felt too Hollywood. It felt What too, does that mean? Like this exactly the scene we were talking about about um, how he gets recruited. He and Matt Damon are in the room. Matt Damon comes in, he says, "Do you know who I am?" yada yada. You work for the government. They have a good very very nice quip back and forth, which is very too much like a good way someone put it is Hollywood writing for movies is like all the comebacks you think of after an argument in the shower that you're like, oh, that would have been great to say. Those are all the quips that are used in Hollywood movies and in dialogue. It felt like that the entire time. And I couldn't think otherwise because it was just so too perfect. So um, to you, these weren't people. They were people, the char- actors playing people. You could tell they were written. Yes, I could tell they were written lines and it wasn't, it was too, it was too choreographed. Ben, I think you, that was in your head before you ever got into theater. I think that was in your head before you ever 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 got into that theater. I no. think you already had that was predetermined destiny. <laughs> I think no. no matter what this movie could have been, I think you 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 already know this is a this is a how much hundred million dollar movie. 
Maybe. You're not. No, it is. You're not <laughs> no, going to I mean, sit there and have. <laughs> no, I mean, maybe. Bumbling, yeah. stumbling, tumbling. <laughs> These are the best actors in Hollywood. Right. You give them a script where their character is not saying some, not getting to a point on everything that they say and getting to the point of the scene. They're going to go, bro, we got to change all this. This isn't, this is not how I, actors speak. This is not how characters would speak. Mm-hmm. Like, you think Matt Damon looked at that script and went like, oh, yeah, this is. This is not right. No, he went like, oh, this is fucking brilliant. Let's get this shit on screen. He's been doing it longer than both of us, motherfucker. Like, you just get this shit on film. He gets paid $5 million. Doesn't it doesn't matter know. because Jenna Ortega will tell you the same thing. She changed that entire Wednesday script. Really? Every day. That's why the writers, when they went on strike, they were like chanting at her, her name, making jokes about her and stuff like that because she came out and said, I, I fought every day to change the writing because Wednesday would not say some of this shit wow. that they put on there and do some of this shit. So actors know. Yeah. And this is Cillian Murphy. Even though it's Christopher Nolan. So they have a certain amount of respect, like a Tarantino script. Like, yeah, you might not go in and say, hey, Tarantino, I'm not going to say this. You might try to work with him because it is Tarantino and it is Christopher Nolan. They wrote it. So obviously, like, they're the best to ever do it. Those two guys, we can put them up there. Top 10, easy. Mm-hmm. And so in terms of writer-directors. So you're not going to go in and, but if, and go like, I'm not saying that, Chris. Because he'll go, oh, really? And then your agent going to call you. So you just lost a job. <laughs> what the fuck happened? <laughs> and you're going to be like, humana, humana, humana. <laughs> right. But you can try to get it the best way that you can. And when I watched those scenes, I got the same feeling you did. I like, this is Hollywood at its best. Mm-hmm. Best. Mm-hmm. I got the opposite feeling in terms of, oh, I don't like this. I loved it. That's how it's supposed to be. That's a movie. Mm-hmm. A movie is supposed to be larger than life characters up there doing larger than life things being larger than life all these hollywood legends the 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 um um humphrey bogarts and the kurt russells and all these guys that we put on the arrow flynn they did the same thing that's how they became hollywood legends like that's just how you do it, it just felt that's like beautiful that's it, beautiful acting shakespeare is the most over the top shit i've ever seen in my life oh where art thou romeo bitch i'm right here <laughs> <laughs> The fuck you don't see this big ass balcony like the fuck you stupid <laughs> you blind out there and then she and then she drinks she gives a whole speech while she's about to drink the poison he's not even fucking dead and he can hear her but he's in the state so he can't break out of it to save her that's over the top hollywood shit mm. that's that's what you're trying to emulate every time not for me i don't like it well, then you're not going to like anything like this, then. No. You're, you're always going to say this. Maybe because I maybe because I felt from the beginning that the movie was super rushed, where they were, like, cu- cutting heads and tails of, of shots. They were moving things along very quickly. Like, remember that scene? Remember that, like, the first, the best example I can remember is the moment where, um, Ro- no, not Robert, um, Cillian Murphy is in the hotel. He's coming down from the hotel to the, like, the limo or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the hotel guy says, hey, here's a petition to sign. There's a very quick cut at the very end. I don't remember what Silly Murphy says, but he's like, after after he... He smacks Remy Malik and he's like, I'm not that, doing that. Yeah, after that, and then he has a little more, like, uh, uh, speeching going on. But then after that, he, we're, we're like, we're looking at, at Silly Murphy, right? He's saying, the la- he's saying his last line before he even finishes saying his... Before he even moves, he's still standing still. Cut. We turned around and he's already moving. It felt... You know what I mean? Like, maybe... That's pacing. That's the pacing that he wants. I mean, Chris, this is movie was made on like film. It felt like that throughout the movie, where they just cut... Yes, that's on purpose. Too much, though. I, I, I disagree. That that gave the movie a pace to it. Like, what do you want to see? Do you want to see him turning around and walking away? This like is Hollywood. See. We don't do that, bro, boo-boo. You cut when you need to cut. Like, that's just that's Hollywood. That's, that's how we do things. Like, that's just but, how it works. But it was so much so that maybe because I'm in it, so I see it more, but I just felt... And my dad didn't see it. I saw it with my dad. He didn't notice it. I did. Maybe that's a me thing probably is 
but it just felt so obvious of like moments where they cut like a few seconds here, a few seconds there to trim it down as much as they can. Because of course it's only shot like four hours, I bet. Probably more. Yeah. <laughs> Probably more. And right. I mean, at the end of the day, I think, I, I think that the cutting of it was super quick because it needed to be. Because there's a lot of story to cover. Mm-hmm. And you're going to get rid of un- unfortunate things, uh, unnecessary things. That was what I think could have been better if they made it into two movies. But then again, you're asking audience to pay twice. So maybe not. Yeah, but. for this guy, I don't think they would have done that. And I think for what the story he was trying to tell of the uh, Robert Downey Jr. versus Cillian Murphy's Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. And I think he got his point across. Of You talk about the message, the theme of the movie. Of just, you've not only have you given them something to destroy themselves, but they're going to hate you for it, praise you for it, hate you for it, and then praise you for it again. Yeah. And all the meanwhile, they're going to do everything you warned them not to do. Mm-hmm. And it's going to lead to an inevitable... I wouldn't say it's inevitable, because you know me. I don't think that nobody's going to fire off another nuclear bomb in the history of the world. I don't think they're going to do that. A lot of people don't believe me. Mm-hmm. They think we're all headed toward na- destruction of nuclear holocaust. I don't think it ever happened. Um, you know, I just don't. I don't think it is. After seeing the destruction and knowing that, like, every major superpower has one, mm-hmm. the whole point of firing off a bomb at somebody is that you can do something after you fire it. You fire off a nuclear bomb, everybody dies. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not like Russia's going to go, oh, yeah, we're going to fire this off because then we can invade it after. First of all, you can't invade it because it's not going to be livable for 20 years. And then everybody's just going to press their buttons on you. Why would you want to die? Right. Putin's a lot of things. Suicidal is not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. We can see he can go a lot deeper. A lot of people think he's not. He's 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 tipping over there yeah. to, to doing the whole Hitler uh, poison thing. He's like, what, 50, 60? He's got white hair now. He's... He, he's at the maybe even older. He's like at the end of his rope. He's he could probably he used care to less. call fifty, sixty with white hair distinguished. What happened there? <laughs> it's a distinguished man. Back then, people used to wear wigs, white wigs. To, <laughs> used to, back then, back in the that day. was about a hundred years ago. <laughs> back in the day, that America people wouldn't. Russia never wore white wigs. That was never a Russian thing. That was a British thing. Yeah. They still do that over there. Really? Yeah, in their, in their judge courtrooms, they still wear the white wigs. Wow. Yeah, it's like it's just a traditional tradition, thing. Yes. Kind of like how they had a coronation for their king. Right. Who ain't got no power. Mm. He controls the church. Yeah, it's literally what it is. Well, they're fighting. they a lot of Britons to like don't follow mm. the monarchy anymore. They don't want the, the. A lot of them don't want the the royal family. I think it's. A, I think you can't get rid of all the traditions. Yeah, you have some bad kings and queens in there. I ain't gonna lie, but you also have some good ones. I think mm. people overlook a lot of stuff like that too. Yeah, and I think it's just like. Yeah, but I think we talked about this on a, on an old episode. Did we? I think so. Let's talk about it again. Okay, go for it. We're having a natural conversation. <laughs> now I'm self-conscious. <laughs> but anyway, Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. Um, I mean, I, that's all my notes, I think, on Oppenheimer. Let me check. Do you have any more notes? Any more thoughts? Uh, listen, I love the sound of the bomb. When First of all, again, when he was given the speech after they dropped the, 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 the test, and he was, they were all banging on the thing mm. with their feet. And he had shown you the noise before, but you didn't know what it was. And then finally you see it when he walks through all the feet and is banging. He's giving a speech and he's seen women with their skin burned and charred, things like that. I thought that was beautiful. Yeah. I thought the Einstein story was played well, but I also thought that, like, I thought he left the bomb silent for on purpose. But then I realized he was actually doing the natural sound wave of the bomb. And I thought that was beautiful because he, like, let everybody see it. 
and then boom, he hits the audience with the sound and hits them with the sound wave. Hear, that was beautiful. When it goes off, we just hear the breathing too. Yeah, it's great. And the, you, I like like in the historic part of it, you had to look through like the the um, welder's glass to see it mm. and things like that that I didn't know. You know, things like that. And then you weren't supposed to look directly at it and things, all that nature and how they did it and how it rained the night right before and stuff like that. I thought that was, was just great, like historical content. It was like little things. It's a beautiful Hollywood moment where he goes like um, in the beginning, the very beginning of the movie, like the first scene where he goes, the storm will break before dawn. And then right before they do, they drop the test. They're going to cancel it. He's like, no, it'll break before dawn. And I was like, oh, that's a beautiful, like Lawrence Arabia moment. You know? Right. So that's a beautiful, like set it up, pay it off two hours later. Yeah, type moment, and I thought that was, that was beautiful. I thought it as a screenplay. As I thought to myself, as soon as the movie ended, I said, this is the most beautifully written screenplay I've seen in my life. As a film, the atomic bomb really wasn't necessary because it didn't have anything to do with the story of the hearing. Right. But as a screenplay, to set everything up beautifully, the pacing, the characters, the tone of it, and get your theme across beautifully, and then pay everything off, it's beautiful. Well, it was kind of. You could one could argue for Devil's Advocate. You could argue that it was there. For the, no. Yes, for the communist part, of like. Fuchs was the communist in, in the who was the communist in the um, there's a lot of that too which I didn't was a fan of it was constant they were he was they were constantly asking each other during the making of the bomb who is the communist well you got a communist amongst you yeah no that 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 was that's real bro yeah they that McCarthy shit is no joke right I mean you know about the Hollywood Five and all that stuff that is no joke and back then even in the, I didn't know it went as far as the 40s but even in the 40s they were still they were they wanted themselves from communists. But they said it like so many times. They probably did. <laughs> they honestly, that's how crazy it was for communists. I mean, Lucille Ball almost lost her entire career. They thought she was a communist. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Go look at her story. She, she, as a teenager, her grandfather made her sign up for the Communist Party. She never really voted, but when she got big on I Love Lucy, they found out about it because obviously they didn't want to take her down. Right. And then they were, they had, she, she went through a private hearing. She went through like the Hollywood blacklist hearing, but it wasn't public. Okay. They didn't film it. It was a private hearing, and she had to state why she wasn't communist and all that to her. Almost lost her career. Wow. Almost lost all of that. No, that shit is real. They, they really, and there was a communist spy at Los Alamitos. Yeah, true. And it was the British dude. Yeah. Who wasn't really British. Yeah. Great accent. <laughs> yeah. He did a great job. I thought he was British. Right. Yeah. I love the scene where they're at the table and Robert Downey Jr. gets the plans and he's like, no one, Cillian's like, no one fired anything. He's like, they just fired the first warning shot. They have a bomb. Yeah. Right? Because at that point, you still think Robert Downey Jr. is like the good guy. You don't know yeah. he's the bad dude setting him up for everything. I thought that was beautiful. That was a great scene. That was a good scene. It's too much cutting around for me though, but it was well written. I will say that. No, I'm done. I'm over it. I'm over it. Because you, every time I try to say something positive about this movie, you say something negative about it. And that's the problem that you indie fans got to stop doing. We don't come to your movies and trash your movies. We don't come to your movies, period. But <laughs> when, when we do, and I, I do, I don't trash your movies. I come in with an open mind. Y'all come so in there with these free... If it, it sucks! <laughs> but that's your opinion. It's not proof. Yeah, but it's not predetermined opinion. I right. think for indie guys when they watch blockbuster movies, it's already in their head, predetermined, this is pretentious, it's contentious, and there's something wrong with it. I think when I go see an indie movie, I'm like, listen, I might not enjoy this, but let me give it a chance. I was, give, I was giving... Uh, you were not. Yes, I because was. Because every time, you can't say not one good thing about this movie without saying one bad thing about it. And <laughs> that's how I know the pace. Oh, they cut too much. What do you want them to see? You want to wait until you see Christopher Nolan go cut? Like, the <laughs> fuck? Like, what? Yeah. I, want, I wanted it to be okay. more of his vision rather than so... I think it was exactly what It was so sped up, though. It felt so sped up. I felt like, as I said, I felt like... You're I was the only man along. that thinks three hours is sped up. <laughs> You're the only person that thinks, like, oh, my God, this is going to be so sped up of a movie. He's going way too quick. 
I need an extra half hour at least. <laughs> You're the only person on the planet thinking that. <laughs> Everybody else saw that one time and went, oh. You saw that one time and went, it's not enough. It's not <laughs> like, enough. come on, I got I got dinner to make. <laughs> you, you're like, I need four hours, Chris, because this isn't your vision. <laughs> but here, I got you a good note. I loved the ending. The ending was phenomenal. What part? Especially the last line was great. What, where, what part of the, because the ending is they, when they show all the atomic bombs launching. Where they built up um, the last conversation between Albert and... Yeah, when they showed Bobby. you what they actually said, and, then, and uh, he was like, "Wait, what, remind me what the, what they said in that conversation again, though." Something like something along the lines of, uh, 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 "Robert says to uh, Albert, um, you were right about the dominoes falling. Like this is going to be the end of the world, but not the way you think.'" And then we see the multiple missiles launching because the domino effect was the building of the bomb, mm -hmm. and then every other bomb we built after. Oh yeah, because he gave him the speech. He was like, "Remember when I figured out um, my theory, and then you gave me a prize?" Yeah. And he was like, "Yeah, they're gonna do the same thing to you. I knew that prize was bullshit, and you, you, they're gonna do the same thing to you. Watch." And you gave them the power to destroy themselves. Yeah. And then Robert stands. Robert J. Oppenheimer stands there. J. Robert Robert Oppenheimer stands there, and you see the nuclear missiles and things like that. Now, for me, that's a little overkill. I like, like, cause like that's just my bias of like, it ain't never gonna happen. That ain't never gonna happen. Um, I think know. that's the existential fear of people, and the fact that people fear it is the exact reason I know it's not gonna happen. Because I'll make sure it doesn't happen. People feared Hitler winning. They made sure that shit ain't happen. It almost happened, but they made sure it didn't happen. They feared Japan not stopping. They built the bomb to make sure it won't happen. I think they fear a nuclear holocaust. Mm -hmm. Then it's, it's never gonna. That's why they formed NATO and all that stuff. And you know. As crazy as Putin is and as crazy as Young is over there in, in uh, North Korea, you know where they stop their armies? Right that NATO line. <laughs> yeah, am I lying? As soon as they could. Oh, that's a NATO country. Remember when Putin, the missile accidentally landed on a NATO ally? Yeah. And he was like, wait a minute, pause, dog. He's like, no, 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 it was an accident. It was an accident. And he retracted that shit quick. <laughs> he said, I'm sorry. I am sorry. <laughs> that man don't apologize for shit. He apologized on that day because they were like, click clack. <laughs> I said, well, what? what you want, dog? <laughs> Ukraine is Ukraine is fair game, but you come over there. I didn't told you. <laughs> Knock it the fuck off. Right. <laughs> and he will not. Mm -mm. Ain't nobody messing with every major superpower in the world, yeah. <laughs> including your boys over <laughs> here in the United States. Right. I ain't getting drafted, baby. You ain't got me messed up, dog. That's a good point. <laughs> you got me messed up. <laughs> yeah. I'll become Muslim real quick. Conscientious <laughs> objection. Conscientious <laughs> objection. <laughs> I disagree. I disagree. On what? All of it. <laughs> can I go home? You can go to jail. Yeah, that's home. Move my bed in there. Bed. What's for, what's for dinner? <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> no, I, I love that movie. I mean, the, the, I have my gripes with it. I loved it. But yeah, yeah. It was a good movie. It's a great movie. It's a good movie. You really just, you have to find something wrong with it. I just, I had something, things wrong with it. I didn't find them. They just happened to be there that I, I didn't like them. Mm. Now we're at the end of our episode. Let's talk about movies. Oh, this was the beginning. <laughs> oh, we're just getting started. I'm just getting warmed up, baby. I can be here all night. We're on Twice our, on a Sunday. We're up to our uh, our encore now. What it, I'm really excited for The Creator. Have you seen the new trailer for The Creator? That's not, I should have mentioned it when we were talking about AI um, and Mission Impossible. It's the movie coming out. Where they said um, there's like the backstory. They give the backstory in the, in the trailer. The president online says, um, ten years ago we created AI, and now they and then ten years ago they dropped a bomb on us." That's the movie with John David Washington. Yeah, yeah, that looks good. Right? That looks like and, and like an Elysium mixed with like iRobot. 
Yeah. That looks good. I'm hoping it'll, it'll have a strong message because about AI. Who cares about the message? I want to see I some do. blown up <laughs> shit. It's going to be a good action movie. Needs, I need some damn house. message? No, it needs, needs a lesson. It needs some moral of the story there. No, I'll have it. Yeah. I'll have it. I don't think you'll like it because it's not going to nail that, you know, <laughs> nail it in. It'll be there. Right. Kind of like how Oppenheimer had his message. Even that message was pretty hammered in yeah. Oppenheimer, I would think. Um, yeah. Like Barbie. But, Yes, Barbie did a good job getting it. I mean, they had a whole monologue. They broke the hammer. <laughs> they <laughs> crack. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, well, there goes my comfortability. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not hating on Barbie in any sense. No, not way. at all. No, not, not, I don't want to come off as a bash in the movie. I'm actually really impressed. I mean, ben knows I was thinking it was going to suck. Yeah. Deep down, I knew it was going to be good because Greta doesn't make bad movies. The way they hyped it up too, they knew it was they knew it was going to make money. They knew it was going to be a good movie. Yeah, I mean, I I just wanted the experience of being in a test screening room, not with like um, an audience, but like when they first screen it, mm-hmm. it's just as the producers and everybody, and just the experience. Like you imagine when Walt finally saw Snow White, mm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and went like. Oh, I got these motherfuckers now. <laughs> yeah. They said I couldn't do it. Producer, I fucking pulled it off. The producer's like slightly leaning forward with the head tilted to see what the person next to them, how they're looking at this at the monologue. Can stuff you like that. imagine when they've screened Frozen and Let It Go started playing? They must have been like, you sing, bitch. <laughs> right to $100 million. That's what I'm fucking talking about. This is a smash hit. They started singing that song from, Char- from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I got a golden ticket. They definitely did. <laughs> All the way to the bank. Then they stopped. They realized the Warner Brothers property. <laughs> <laughs> they got a cease and desist on the way to the bank. <laughs> you owe us all the money from Frozen because you sang our song. Which, why are you not excited for Wonka? I just don't it's like a Christmas Timothy. movie. You you want belief and good message and good vibes and, and hope it, about the world? That's can, gonna yeah. be all in there. I'm, I'm I'm all for it, but I just don't think Timothy Chalamet is a great pick for that. Okay, well, it's, I don't think it's gonna be that big of an acting movie. It's gonna be more special effects than anything. Yeah, and dancing and singing. He's just gonna ruin he it. Saw that ruin it. He's gonna ruin it. He can hold his own. Man. I don't think he's great, but he's not you, gonna ruin the movie. You need a strong, goddamn Wonka. Zoe, Gene Wilder's too old, help. Ben. Gene Wilder's too old. He can't do it. He's <laughs> yeah. too old. So you're looking for Gene to come age out of retirement. Age, not gonna happen. If you think they can age down and post, um, what's his name, Harrison Ford, and then he can do, they can do that to him too. Is he still alive? Gene Wilder's still alive. Okay. Yeah. Good. He's up there. He's <laughs> yeah. He doesn't act anymore, which is yeah. a shame. I would like to see a Gene Wilder. I would love to see a really dramatic. Star Crazy was good. See No Evil, Hear No Evil. Him and Richard Pryor, and yeah. obviously Willy Wonka is kind of the producers is funny. Yeah, that was like his first big role was the producers. Really? Yeah, he was on Broadway. He was uh, he was doing Broadway, and he met Mel Brooks at a party, and Mel wanted to do. I'm gonna make a movie. We're gonna make this movie. Those and it took him a while to get made. Those are the best actors when they start in theater. 100%. Oh, for the most part, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Will Smith being one of the. We're rare exceptions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Tom Cruise is another rare exception. There's exceptions. Well, can he act, Tom Cruise? I haven't seen it. Granted, I haven't seen his movie, so I'm not one to ask that. I don't, I'm not the one yeah, to say either. no one should ever ask that. First of all, to all the Scientologists <laughs> listening, I ain't say it. His name is Benjamin Seagal. He, he lives in East L.A. <laughs> on Bilton Street. Apartment 26Z. I'm going to find me a safe house. They they can't run from them, Scientologists. (laughs) Can't run from them. Let's be careful now. Maybe I can sue them then. The IRS tried that. They're the only company on the history of the planet ever intimidated the IRS to stop harassing them. Really? They harassed the IRS agents that were sent to harass them. Really? They followed the IRS agents around and shit. Yeah, they went to the IRS agents' houses and shit. Yo, yo, the Scientologists 
does not play because the IRS, first of all, you're not supposed to be stalking nobody any fucking way. So that's illegal in and of itself. Yeah, exactly. And the IRS was tailing them. But that's their job. That's illegal. Isn't that their job? Yeah, but it doesn't make it right. Doesn't make it legal. (laughs) Doesn't make it legal to to stalk somebody, and then they were decided to stalk them. So you can't sue them when you was doing something wrong in the first place. That's the FBI's job. The FBI should have been on that, not the IRS. No, I think it was a tax thing. Oh, because there's all that. All that's about taxes. Mm. They didn't want to pay the taxes because there's because because they're a religion. So then that's their job to 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 look into it, not to go to somebody's house. Is that what they were doing? The IRS always does. Really? The house? <laughs> they will watch you. See that car outside in the parking lot, <laughs> motherfucker? <laughs> I ain't paid my taxes in three years. They watching my ass. <laughs> Been there for weeks. I got to close my curtains. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no, that that company. You ever want to get a chance to watch the show that um Leah Leah did Leah mm-hmm. Remini and the Church of Scientology? It's crazy. It's on my list. It's nuts, man. It's nuts. It's nuts show things that they do. But yeah, no. I mean, r- risky business. Is a great acting performance. Cocktail is a great acting performance. You ever want to see a good uh, acting performance from Tom Cruise? Young Tom Cruise. Mm. Yeah, young young Tom Cruise. I never saw um, the movie was he did with Stanley Kubrick, but um, I've seen like his early stuff. Him with Nicole Kidman, uh, Eyes Wide Shut. Oh, I didn't, didn't see that either. I haven't seen it either, but yeah, no, he yeah, Tom Cruise can go. He's okay. a good actor. Cool. Now is he freaking Meryl Streep and Denzel Washington? No, but he he knows his lane. Yeah. When he was a pretty boy, he played the pretty boy, and he's an action star. He plays the action star. He likes it too, so good on him. That's his for, thing. Yeah. You know, but um, yeah, I think. So what we're talking about? What um, Timothy Chalamet and and Wonka's? I don't. I just. I think, uh, Gene Wilder did it great. Tony Dip did it okay. He's gonna kill it. Like not kill it good, kill it bad. I was gonna say. <laughs> I was like, wait, that. But you were trashed him the whole time. <laughs> He's gonna kill the character. Like the movie's either gonna be really good or really bad. Whether it's his fault that it is, I don't think so. Right. Well, maybe he plays a big portion. He's the star, but. Um, maybe not. I like how you said that. <laughs> He's the star. That's how I would say it. Stop stealing my shit. No. <laughs> you gonna say no? Where's my cease and desist letter? Stop stealing my shit. Um, yeah. What else I, is coming out? I'm still excited for The Last Voyage of the Demeter, which, we, which we've talked oh, about. Yeah, Gran Turismo, which I'm not sure I'm excited for it, but I, I will go see it. Yeah. Haunted Mansion is next. Yeah. That'll you, be next You know, episode. I love me some Disney. Yeah. So. That better, I bought some Disney stocks, so they better, that better do good. <laughs> do me good. I want to sell those, but with this strike. <laughs> we didn't talk about the strikes. We didn't talk about the SAG strike. Yeah, the SAG went on strike this uh, last week. When I was reading, I was reading up about 1960, which was the last time writers. Both went, yeah, and it, if I remember correctly, writers struck January, actors struck February, actors came to an agreement. I think in like March or April or something like that, and then writers came back in June. So I just think it's going to be the same path where right actors are going to find the same, um, find a deal sooner than the writers will. I also agree. I think yeah. the actors, because it's it, it's a little easier than what the writers are asking for just in terms of more pay and more time mm-hmm. because of the way streaming is set up with doing six, eight episode seasons. It's going to be hard because the shows, the content that streaming allows is like Foundation and Silo and stuff like that, which you can't do 22 episodes of that because nobody's going to watch that. Yeah. So it's 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 just, it's diff- that's very difficult. What the actors are asking for, all it takes is, I think, all it takes is a little bit of time for the studios to get a plan together on how they're going to monetize streaming and then cut them in. That's what someone said. There was like a podcast. I forget the name of it. Was it mine? <laughs> Surprisingly, no. It was a podcast about the strike. I forget what it's called. Um, but someone said in it, um, when they were coming up with like a counteroffer, the AMPTP, 
they could see the AMPTP discussing to themselves. They don't even know what kind of deal they want yet either. They're like still bickering amongst amongst themselves. And you're right until they until they have a singular point to stand on, they're not going to come back to the table. Right, and 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 I think they wanted a strike because they were still pouring money down this the streaming rabbit hole and not making any money and they were and they did things that were dirty like even back when Scarlett Johansson sued Disney and Disney tweeted out like we paid you 20 million dollars why are you suing us they like, tweeted that out they tweeted that out we we're paying she's suing us for more money when we paid her 20 million dollars they tweeted that and then to to like leak a picture of Fran Drescher at a party with Kim Kardashian and say oh she's supposed to be negotiating with us but she's at a party Knowing damn well, knowing she's getting paid to be there. You'll know that. You guys have been in this business how long? Right. They even cut the trees in front of, I think, Universal. They did. They yeah, cut the trees in front of Universal. I think they, they want, and the deadline article came out saying that we want the writers to start before they come back to the table. Yeah. The day SAG was going to offer writers a strike. I think the studios just want to strike because it doesn't make any sense, too, because Fran talked to the AMPTP. But then the next day, the day before she gave her speech, she talked to the CEO separately. You're supposed to be negotiating through a the third party while you're going right to the CEOs. Mm-hmm. I think they're telling her, listen, this is what we're going to do because we need to figure out this out first. And we need to all come together. You need to go out and give a great speech, rile everybody up. <laughs> and, and and her speech was really vocated on getting people pissed off about AI. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the DGA deal, they complete the studios completely struck AI out of it. So it's like they're going to give on AI. Maybe for the writers might get a little screwed because like doing voiceover and things are just, just easier. They don't like to make the GGA mad though. That's why they... They don't really... Well, and making SAG mad is, mad is okay. That's the yeah. most powerful of the unions is SAG. Right. Because you, 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 you can make a movie without a director and an assistant director and a PA. Then why did Try you... to make a movie without an actor. That's just fucking hard. <laughs> Action. <laughs> and nobody move. <laughs> it's fucking difficult. <laughs> Brian Singer, who directed Bohemian Rhapsody, just walked off the set of his movie, and nobody saw his ass, and the DP finished the movie. Yeah. You can replace a director. Easily, but then... If Randy Malik left, he ain't got no movie. <laughs> but, last, but, like, last time there was a strike for the DGA, it was the last, like, three hours. That's it. Because I don't know why they settled, why they're because so... Because I think the DGA... Are produ- a lot of them are producers, mm-hmm. so oh, so they're, they're, they're connected, both, yeah, and they and they don't need much. All they really want is extra pay and less hours of work, which is easy to negotiate. I think in terms of, of I think it's a lot to ask for from the director. I guess I get it for ads because yeah. they're there from like start of day to end of day, right? Sure and that's knowledge. what most of the deal was predicated towards right. ads. When I was reading the deal, it was basically really about the ads. Mm. And you know, because directors, most of them are producers. They're gonna, they're part of the PGA, DGA. They're gonna get their money regardless of streaming or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, in terms of writers, that's difficult. Like I said, but I've been saying that's just I don't see a solution to that at this point. In terms of actors, they just want more money on the back because right. all their money on the back is gone because it's going right to streaming. Because you know they get a percentage of the box, mm-hmm. and they're not getting that anymore. And so they're like, well, you guys can't do this. And I think they're trying to distract everybody with this AI argument of like, oh, they wanted to scan background actors. Do you really think that when the AMPTP pitched that, they thought they were going to go for it? No. No way they thought, oh, we're going to scan. They're going to agree to this. That's crazy. Mm. I think they're doing that just to say, you guys need to go over there and chill out for a second because we got to fire a bunch of people over here. So (laughs) y'all go over there until we finish our our cuts. Because, I mean, studios are hacking away at at cuts and firing a lot of people at this moment. People I work with are coming from different companies discovery and all types of companies just got fired got laid off just cut the budget and didn't have enough time for them anymore just have enough space for them anymore and the people are just gonna lose their jobs because of this though it's a lot a lot's gonna pay um but that's gonna be any every industry as we move forward technologically Mm. and as it advances and it's not the studio's fault covid hit and everybody went to streaming and people ain't going back we're not going back to cable i'm not going back to comcast (laughs) bro i'm sorry i ain't doing it 
but he, their, what their fault was was following Netflix, even though it wasn't sustainable. They just followed like little sheep to the herd. Well, first of all, I can't. Yes and no, because it took them a long time. 20, Disney Plus HBO Max didn't debut in 2019. Netflix was hot in 2020. But then, like, I mean, 2012. Netflix, Netflix started. So, it. They had a good run, like a just great themselves. Run. But then all of them came at the same time. When, yeah. when I don't know what the second one was. When I guess Hulu maybe. And then Hulu was Hulu around for a while. Hulu was around for a while, a, a but everybody came. owned Hulu. Like NBC owned Hulu, Disney owns Hulu. They just bought the majority share a couple years ago. But like it was like a joint partnership, Hulu. Yeah. To kind of test the waters of it. Oh, so they started. It didn't start from the ground up. No, Hulu is not a, its own company. I think Disney still has to. They don't even own 100 percent of it yet. They're about to. Yeah, they got to buy somebody else out. I think Comcast to get it. Yeah, so yeah. it was like Comcast, which is Universal, still owns it, and it was like a, it was a bunch of companies that owned Hulu. Right. With a bunch of big parent companies. And so, yeah. And then Disney bought the majority of the share. Something behind the scenes when it happened where they're like, well, I'm going to start my own on the side. And mm-hmm. they're like, well, no, bet. I'll do my own. Too. Yeah. And everybody yeah. said, we're doing our own. <laughs> but then remember, Disney Plus, if they really were going to go gung ho, they would have debuted Disney Plus with a bunch of originals. They debuted that shit with Endgame, mm-hmm. which already come out the year before. Like, I don't think they thought they were going to be putting Black Widow on Disney Plus. Yeah. What's his face? The one before Bob Iger didn't know what he was Shape doing. Shapak. Shapak. And nobody could have because right. the pandemic, nobody plans for that. It's it just happened, and now okay, there's no movie theaters. We have all these movies and TV shows. What the fuck are we going to? They kind of well, I just read that the reason we haven't had a recession, which we should have, is because they kind of did have a backup plan for when it happened. All of them, uh, all these businesses, when the when the interest rates dropped to zero, they just started new. They re what's the word? Re renewed their, um, for lack of a better word, their debts. So they 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 all benefited from it. We just didn't know. That's great. I'm talking about the creative of streaming though. Mm. just in terms of where you put in your movie after 2008 recession you're gonna have a backup right yeah true i mean my man raised no fool (laughs) you're gonna have a backup hey yo bob (laughs) they can't let the housing market do that shit to us again i ain't coming back next time and so and and business is business they're gonna do what's best for business at the end of the day but they had their their layout for 2020 they were going to make a certain amount of money and then all that got taken away from them Mm And that, that's a tough situation to bounce back from when you're pouring so much money into something. And then streaming, you have to talk about operating costs. Like, you got to now hire a whole bunch of technical people, hire somebody to run them, pay them around the clock 24-7 in different com- countries, start up different countries, uh, companies in different countries, do all of that. It's, it's, it's more operating costs for them. Which, yeah, somebody was talking to an a actor, a SAG act, background actor. It was like, well, this all operating costs is all tax deductible. And, but I looked it up because I didn't know that you can actually write off a movie. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. When I looked it up, they only get like 15% if the movie doesn't make money. Mm. And that was hard to find. It's not really like yeah, I was searching for a good hour trying to find anything on that. It was really difficult. Like everything else, search for the IRS. It's fucking difficult to find online. All, <laughs> all these loopholes are. Yeah, all these loopholes are how they, how they write, write off their losses. But you only get a certain percentage back from that so i think they just really are really struggling and then everybody's coming here talking about money 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 right and they're like no <laughs> yeah our, our ceo is getting paid hundreds of million dollars yes fran has a point you guys are paying them so much money and you're not spreading that wealth down yeah yeah I, I mean that's i don't really have an excuse for that that is, is what it is but you are running a huge like bob Iger deserves to get paid a whole lot of money it's like 17 businesses but then he's no running them all money. No one like, needs that much money. But he's running 17 businesses. Good the buck him. stops with him. Good for him. You're running a cruise line, Hulu, ESPN, ABC, Disney of, Animation. No. He has a head of the people doing cruise. He has a head of the people doing And all have to answer to him. 
yeah, therefore they're doing the work. He's just the one giving the yes or no. She's just the, the, the director. That's the artist fucking part. He's got to make the decisions. But then the prop guys are the ones making the things yeah, happen. They're yeah, they're making the things happen. That's It's easy to craft something. It's hard to say, okay, this is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And because he's looking at all the numbers and going, okay, listen, we got to cut back on here and do over here. I'm not that's, saying. that's not My point is that's not worthy of $27 million for two years. I mean, that money could be I don't think to he's paying enough. I don't think they pay him enough. <laughs> All right. Putting that shit up. Hey, Bob, what, what, what are we going to do about this? Whatever the fuck you want, motherfucker. I'm on vacation. <laughs> don't put me in that chair. Don't put me in that seat. I'm like, man, listen, it ain't about that mouse. Don't come to me. <laughs> I went to school for screenwriting. I ain't come to school for this. <laughs> it's too much. It's too much. <laughs> uh, the crew's like, I don't care. I don't care. They can all drown. I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> I have panic attacks. <laughs> are we going to purchase Apple or not? Oh. Is Steve Jobs? What, what does he think? Steve Jobs been dead for 10 years. When did that happen? <laughs> I talked to him yesterday. <laughs> he was right here my office. He was right here. The turtleneck and everything. <laughs> Who the fuck did I talk to? <laughs> I don't think you can do this job. You know what? If there's a vote of non-confidence, put me in there too, mother. I'll vote myself out. I can't do this. God bless him. You can be a great CEO one day. <laughs> I was gonna be fantastic. Avery World Inc. Because I, will, you think you guys should put Inc. at the end of it? No, I don't think it's put LLC. Inc. at the end of it. it should be LLC. Avery World LLC. No, then that Who's makes LLC. I don't know. Who are them motherfuckers? LLC. I don't know them. <laughs> no, I'm like I don't even like his hats. Got <laughs> 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 me over here looking like a beanie baby. I don't like this shit. <laughs> I mean, his lunch boxes are nice though. Are they? Those insulated shits? Oh yeah. Mm. Expensive though. Yeah, I mean, five bucks for a lunchbox. You must be crazy. Five bucks? That's cheap as shit. What the fuck are you talking about? I'm gonna go there right now. That's the joke. Oh, I did not get it. <laughs> that was, the that was right over my head. Yeah, I'm just froom. <laughs> I'm just frugal. Right over this smooth. I'm like skull. Mr. Krabs. It, it is smooth. <laughs> it is. You did a good job. Your barber did a good job. Thank you. It was me. <gasps> yeah. You and the cats. Yes, me. And the cat. Ben's crazy cat lady. You ain't know that. <laughs> that man got a new cat every week. <laughs> me and my two little cats. We're living, running the world out there. Well, you know what? Oh, you got a party to go to. Let's end this. Oh, yeah. Did you forget about the party? You're not going? No, I'm too tired. I, I'm editing You're this. You're too tired of the party? Yeah. Party! Hey. <laughs> I got editing to do. Same. Well, thank you very much for joining us on the Hollywood Highlights. This has been a, a fun little time with Barbie, Oppenheimer, and Mission Impossible. Uh, we'll see you next week for, what's it called? Uh, Haunted, Haunted Mansion. Thanks, guys. See you soon.